All right, Ari, you know, I, I've always said that the erasing of God means the erasing of history. There's, there are many reasons why I go there, uh, but, and for those of you atheists out there who couldn't disagree with me more, I, I, I lay it out pretty nicely um, in my upcoming book, Atheism Steals, uh, but you'll see. It's, um, there is really no reason for history. None. Because history, the reason why we study history is so that we can advance toward the future and have a connection to the past as well as a connection to the future. But if you are an atheist, you have no reason, no compelling reason at all to care about the future, right? I mean, I, I ask my atheist friends all the time, why, why would they ever have a kid? If they do have kid, kids, I, I say, why did you have that kid? And I've never got a good answer. And if they think about having kids one day, and they're, they're clearly atheists that they say so, I say, I don't see the point. I don't see any benefit to having a kid. Why, why would you want a kid, I ask? And then they say, well, I want to continue on with my values. If, to them, it's something that they feel like they have to say. But they don't really understand that. So I, I, I follow through with that, and I say, what values? Why, why does it matter? Right. Not the, non, the, not, uh, the non-values of atheism. Right. Oh, here, I can have a... I, don't, I believe in non-values, so I'll now have another generation to believe in the non-values I don't believe in. Mm. Precisely. Yeah. It's, it, there's no reason for them to move forward in life uh, other than to just have a lot of uh, sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of rock and roll, a lot of traveling, I suppose. Um, well, and for that matter, steal... Uh, throughout there, but I, I don't want to drill down too much on oh, that. I, I, I know you want to get into it, but hold, I, hold, I just... I just I, wanted to say that sounds pretty good, actually. So. All right, fair enough. <laughs> you know, and yet he's an observant man. That's the, that's the interesting thing about Ari. He does love God, and, and I, think, I think he loves all of God's great gifts and treasures, such as <laughs> the women and the money and the traveling and, and all the, the good wine. stuff. Yeah. The wine. <laughs> I, I think he misunderstands what, what God's gifts are, but it's okay. I have it's a right. list right here. Gluttony, greed, pride, wrath. <laughs> Jealousy. Jealousy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think I do not understand. I do not think he understands what God's gifts are. Yes. Okay. So the point is that you, you do, we just don't understand. So there's, there's no reason for history. None. I mean, I, I honestly don't. In the same way, I don't understand why any atheist would have kids. And, and P.S. Atheists are not having kids, so they're doing exactly what you would expect atheists ultimately to do. Now, there may be some atheists, oh, I'm an atheist and I have a kid. Oh, you're so wrong on this, Brock. No, I, the fact that there are some, my brother's an atheist. He has, he, he had two kids. It doesn't mean that they don't have kids. I just, I'm telling you, however, that as we move forward toward a more and more godless society, you will see fewer and fewer people having kids, especially the atheists. Now, the good news is that the the religious among us, the Orthodox Jews in particular, the Mormons, the Catholics, or anybody else who takes their Christianity or Judaism super seriously, uh, will tend to have more kids, and that's wonderful, okay? Uh, because we consider them to be blessings as well as obligations, uh, joys instead of curses. I mean, it, most atheists, they, they, don't, they can't possibly see them as blessings because only God can give a blessing, right? And they don't, I don't think they even see the joy. They don't even know why they're having these kids. 
and yet still somehow move along uh, as though they're supposed to be doing that. And that's why I always give the example of uh, wearing ties, men wearing ties. I don't know where that tradition started from. I'm sure there is a tradition there. And it became a, um, a point of observance that you have to wear a tie to any social function. Weddings, uh, banquets, bar mitzvahs, whatever it is, anything serious, going to church or synagogue. And, and then, I don't know, in the past 30 or so years, you've got casual day, which quickly <laughs> ended up being casual week. Uh, and, and nobody wears ties. Nobody. It became casual career. Yeah. So everything is casual. And, you know, you can dress nicely, but not with a tie. I, very few men that I know at any function will wear a tie. I know that I will do anything not to wear a tie. I hate wearing ties. I'll wear a nice suit and a nice shirt and even cufflinks. But a tie, I don't like it. I just don't. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, but we've, we've even seen you at events sporting an ascot. That's how much you hate a tie. <laughs> an ascot. <laughs> this is not true. That is a bald-faced lie. I have pictures, right? Ascot. Yeah, you have pictures, right. All right. Anyway, the point is that there's a difference between the tie and men no longer wearing ties and people no longer having children. What's that difference? Not wearing a tie won't mean the end of civilization. <laughs> okay? That's the difference. <laughs> I children are important for the continuance of civilization. It goes without saying. And, but, but people, you know, not only do they, do they not feel a need or an obligation or let alone view them as blessings, they feel that having children is a burden to the environment, right? It's, here comes a child and he's going he's gonna to spew out that much more carbon monoxide, di dioxide, right? And, uh, and it's not only that, he's going he's gonna to be using up Earth's uh, precious, precious resources. Right, and he won't wear a mask, and he won't get a vax, <laughs> and he'll want to live, and then he'll want to reproduce too. Right. By the way, can I just say one thing real fast that, that I just think is the, the ultimate contradiction that you haven't said yet, but uh, remind you of, is the irony when an atheist says, the reason they had kids is so they could participate in the miracle of life. Because the wording is so delicious. Oh, right? yeah, have you actually heard that? I've, I've not heard any atheists. They atheist. never say it, but sometimes, sometimes those who border on atheism will, I'll catch them using that. I know, but that's the, that's the reason why I brought up ties is because I think a lot of people have children because they think they have to have children. They never really think about it. Uh, and, and the same way that men, in the old days at least, uh, felt like they had to wear ties. I mean, they, they had no, re no idea why they were wearing ties, but you have to wear ties. It's a matter of cultural significance and whatever it is, and everyone's expected to do it, at least among the men. And that's the way it is. And, uh, and, and then they just abandoned it. And I think that, that people will, will abandon children, having children, in the same way that we've abandoned ties. I, I, I know that sounds crazy, but I, I think I'm really right on this. I, I almost feel like, to me, it's so obvious. It's, it's like me saying, you know, this internet thing, I think it's going to take off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. do you, mark my words. The year 2021, Barack Lurie said, <laughs> quote, the internet is here to stay. <laughs> it's not more of a, it's not, it's not a passing fad, my friends. No, no, no. Anyway, so that's atheism and that's history. History is also not necessary. I'm trying to explain that. That's the essence of, of my point. And... 
before is there, you is there a point that they, we've been taking these things that, unlike ties that are necessary connections to God having children for the right reasons like the preservation of society and a uh, an understanding and a, a clear connection with history and the sciences so the idea that by understanding facts, I can make better decisions in the future. Right. Uh, and and think, th- the, think of it from my side. The abandonment of all these things is having these dire consequences, both now and the near term. The thing about it, uh, what I'm tr- simply trying to say is that you have to build upon the past in the same way that science builds upon previous uh, discoveries or formulas, if you will. Right? You 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 then develop and you can create greater scientific discoveries, right? You, science is always on the, on the shoulders of giants, as they say, right? So you, you keep, keep on building. And likewise, history is necessary so that we understand uh, in battle, for example, well, you don't want to do that. You don't want to, you don't, I mean, the obvious one, right? You, you don't want to attack Moscow in winter, yeah, right? right? It's, winter. It's, that's a lesson that we've all learned, you know, the, from some bad guys and some good guys. So, um, and likewise, you, you want to you know, and get the enemy before they get you. That's what we learned in the Six-Day War in Israel, which is a, a great war for Israel. Uh, and on it goes. And, and then you also want to learn about how uh, power corrupts absolutely, right? These are the things. But history, by definition, if you're studying it, you have to learn accurate history. You can't lie about history and then say this is what happened unless you, you're pursuing an agenda, like the, the, the 1619 virus. project, right, is, is a good example of that. didn't come from a lab. Yeah, know. okay, good, good point. So anyway, I, when you are an atheist, you really have no sense of tomorrow. The, it, really, you should have no sense of tomorrow. If you are a, a truly intellectually honest atheist, you say to yourself, all there is is the here and now. I'm going to enjoy myself for what this planet has to offer for the time being. All you other suckers can devote yourself to church and God and uh, otherwise living up to what you call your moral code. Uh, me, the atheist, I- I'm just going to do what I can get away with, okay? If I can lie, cheat, and steal on my taxes, on my, my women, on my friends, that's it, cool. So much the better for me, right? And then you die, and whatever reputation you may have tarnished uh, as, as a result of it, what do you care? You're dead, and, and, and soon those people who, who think ill of you, they, they will be dead too. So what does it matter? It's all a farce in your eyes. So why, why learn anything from the past except that it might help you this instant, right? So what I'm trying to say is that history is not significant unless you are a believer, unless you have a sense that the future matters. And I'm not talking about the future for your kids next week all right, or next year, or even the next 20 years for your kids, that, they're, that, that they would be comfortable, that you feel like you're responsible. But no, you should be, you should be interested in uh, preserving America, preserving America, uh, sorry, Israel, Judaism, Christianity, and Western civilization, generally speaking, for 500 years from now, 1,000 years now, 2,000 years from now. I, I'm interested in that. Every, everything that we do, even on this podcast, uh, has that in a way, in mind. Now, they may very well say, well, we're interested in, in the future. Barack, look at us and uh, global warming and how we're fighting against it. We, we, uh, we're, we're, we're doing that. No, you're not. That, that's, you, you claim that you're doing that. That's your pretext. But first of all, it has nothing to do with history. And secondly, um, it's based upon so many lies. I mean, it, we, we know that. But again, it's the erasure of history 
uh, that you can expect from atheism. Now, can I make one quick point beyond that too, that that illustrates how devastating what you just said is. Uh, global warming ideas for the preservation of something for the future are all about preserving an inanimate object. It's not even about preserving life or a certain type of life because I would posit to you that if, let's just say, for example, they thought trees were causing global warming the same way they thought human, human beings were, they would then make war on trees. So they're actually making war on a life form that animated by the force and, and essence of God for the preservation of literally an inanimate object, the planet, which is not a living thing. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? I, it is interesting, but... I, no, you're, that, you're, that shows you how skewed the, the atheist mindset uh, forces someone to be from the, the preservation of really what matters, you know? I, I understand. You're, 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 you're saying that they're not being consistent if they truly believed all the things that they believed. But, and, I, and I certainly agree with you. But look, we're talking about history and the erasing of history. Now, I, I see there are two events that happened within the past uh, week, maybe, maybe two weeks. Uh, one from uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, uh, Asterix. Boo! Right? Uh, and one from President Asterix Biden. Boo. Okay. Uh, now, both of them have said things that reflect to me exactly what we're talking about, the erasing of history, or the, pre the pretense that something is happening that's not happening. So, for example, uh, recently Kamala Harris sat down with Lester Holt from, uh, I believe, NBC News uh, to discuss immigration policy and otherwise. Now... I'm going to play a clip from you for you uh, with with what he asked her and how she responded. It is fascinating. Um, but before I do that, she w had previously asserted that the problem on the southern border of America, the one with Mexico, was that um, it's all it's all caused by global warming, climate change. Right? The, the, that's the the pretext. Like they, no doubt, they think they're killing two birds with one stone here. On the one hand. Um, you know, explaining away why there's this major onslaught of new immigration coming in, uh, which criminal only immigration. right, which which forget about the criminal part of it. It's, it's the point is that they're trying to uh, and, and use that as a pretext to now fight global warming, right? Uh, and then they expect us to believe that crap, and then at the same time, getting the benefits of this uh, amazing onslaught. Huge onslaught of illegal immigration. Uh, 700, more than 700,000 illegal immigrants crossing the border uh, in the first half, less than the first half of, um, of 2021, whereas last year, 2020, there were less than 500,000 for the entire year. Now, even 10 is too much, but nevertheless, you get the idea. So, uh, so they, they get it both ways. They get, to, they get to have the benefits of what they really want, which is future Democrat voters, right? And at the same time, uh, being able to speak on the other side of their mouth, from their other side of the mouth, saying that it's all climate change. Okay, so we got to fight that too. And they expect everyone to nod their heads along. Now, this is a form of not just distorting history, but bastardizing it to the point uh, and twisting it to the point that it's, it's just pure torture to listen to, and nobody could take it with a, a straight face. Now, here, let's play this clip when... Lester Holt asks uh, Kamala Harris about her not having yet gone to the border when she claimed that she would. So here we go. Let's play that clip. 
just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't. I don't. Can you believe this? I mean, and I haven't been to Europe. So, so we've been to the border. She of has course. said I've been to the border twice, and then he goes, we haven't been to Europe. I guess she's I, a lead. I, I know. I'm going to get to that. The, the point is that we've been to the border. She clearly thinks that she can fool either Lester Holt or anybody who's watching by saying, hey, we, which is true. We've been to the border. Who's we? Right? Somebody in the administration? Yeah, of course. But she's responsible for this, and she's not doing any of the work whatsoever uh, to be uh, to deal with the thing that she's been tasked. So anyway, let's continue on. I understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border. Well, I, I mentioned it because I, even I, I know Republicans have certainly convinced you on this. Those bastard Republicans have act, actually expected you to follow through on this. And I know those Republicans. And he speak about Republicans as, as though they're the enemy. But let's continue. But Democratic Congressman Cuellar has a border district has said to the, you and the president, come. You need, I care you need to about see this. Listen, I care about what's happening at the border. Just quickly. Okay, so she cares about what's happening at the border. That's, that's not enough. And like you mentioned, uh, Ari, this notion that, well, I've never been to Europe either. I mean, it's, uh, it, that doesn't address the issue. I mean, like, uh, that's like someone who lies and then says, well, I told the truth once before. Well, I mean, that, so, so hold, hold on. Right. Hold on. So, so that's one thing. And then you get the cackle thing. That's the, there's always a cackle. When, when she says, I haven't been to Europe before, like, and, and that was to her very funny. Apparently, she thought she was funny. Lester Holt didn't laugh back at, at it, thank God. Uh, and wh what did she think? I mean, she clearly wasn't prepared for this, this particular question, at least, in this interview, and she should have been. And if she was prepared, uh, you know, if he asks me why I haven't been to the border yet, I'll say I haven't been to Europe either, and that's somehow a zinger. I mean, it, it, it's bizarre. But more important on this, Ari, is, is this, this setup so that she can say that this is not what it appears to be. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about what's happening at the border, but it's all a big lie. And uh, P.S., it's also climate change. That's what's interesting about this particular thing. And it's the beginning of this, it's like it's prep work, if you will, uh, for this great concert which is called the distortion of history, or at least the ignorance of history. They, they're not interested in history. They haven't been for a long time. It started off with Howard Zinn when he was completely bastardizing America's role in history, uh, even within, within its own history. And then at the same time, uh, now they're, they're wishing that they had, I mean, that they're pushing the 1619 project, right? The idea that America... America's founding really began with the beginning of slavery, the first slaves that arrived uh, in America, and that this whole enterprise called America was really all about slavery in the first place. And here we are. That, that's, that's how they want you to think about it. And Howard Zinn, who has died quite a while ago, uh, no doubt uh, he's rolling in his grave saying, in, in and in upset with himself, like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> well, that would have been a great way to parlay this. He should have been the 1619 Project guy. But alas, no, uh, he just uh, he was satisfied with simply bastardizing America throughout uh, uh, the, its history, but still had to acknowledge that um, uh, America's independence was America's independence in 1776. Okay, uh, that's the one point. Now, I want to hear um, another clip 
that we have uh, heard. And this is from Biden. Now, Biden has an inter interesting point to make, uh, but you'll see also the distortion of history. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agency have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. Okay, so I want you to kind of put a pause on that and think about what he's saying now. He's saying that white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat to America and no doubt, I'm sure, to the whole world. You'll, you'll see. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. It was nearly a year ago before her father's funeral when I spoke with Gianna Floyd, George Floyd Jungdo. Okay, so this is uh, maybe not uh, even... Uh, but the point is, he's, he's talking about, he's tying everything to George Floyd, and it's white supremacy and such. Never mind, of course, that the trial said nothing about racism or white supremacy, uh, meaning that the trial of the officer, Chauvin, uh, who had uh, put his uh, knee on the neck of George Floyd, causing uh, him to die, or, or whatever it is. I mean, it certainly wasn't uh, racism. There was just nothing to that effect. This was about excessive Police force, yes, perhaps you can make that argument, but it wasn't about racism. And yet he says that this is part and parcel of this whole grace threat, white supremacy. I'm telling you, I have not seen, of course, and nor have you, Ari, I'm, I'm quite comfortable. Have you seen a single white supremacist uh, in the past, uh, I don't know, 20 years? I haven't. I haven't seen one. Not counting, not counting white liberals, none. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, but but you know, I haven't seen a rally by white supremacists. I haven't seen uh, a, a conference or a news conference of any kind no, by white supremacists. I saw a Black Lives Matter pogrom against the Jewish people last year, but unfortunately and surprisingly, the KKK did not join them. Yeah. So anyway, you don't see that. They are the largest uh, uh, army that no one has seen. Okay, right. that, that's the bottom line. It's, they're an invisible but huge army, apparently. You, you didn't know it, but there they are. They're, they're out there lynching everyone, uh, demanding that uh, all blacks uh, leave America. They're, they're there. They're there. Yeah, they're flying airplanes into buildings. All the time. Right. All the time. And they, they are demanding that their flags, uh, KKK flags in particular, be flown uh, in, throughout embassies of America everywhere. And so on. So that is the greatest threat. And that is according to the, all the intelligence communities. You don't take his word for it. No, no, no. He, he, it's the intelligence communities themselves who say that, whatever that means. Yeah, the same intelligence communities that uh, assured us that Saddam Hussein's stockpile of uh, WMD and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Blah, and the same community that said that yeah. uh, Russian, um, uh, there, there was Russian collusion, right? Yeah. So that was, they were certain about that. They were certain about the stockpiles of uh, weapons of mass destruction. And now, of course, they're certain about white supremacy. So anyway, this, uh, I bring this up also because it's this farcical narrative that is the prep work for the distortion of history, right? So they, they say this, they say it now, white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy, so that 10 years now, 10 years from now, 10 years, uh, and then 20 years from now, 50 years from now, they will look back in the year 2020 or so and say, yeah, you know, white supremacy, that was a big factor. That was huge. And people, you know, even, even the president of the United States, um, his name was Joe Biden, he, he insisted that uh, there was the greatest threat and he worked to fight it.
You know, so, so again, it's, it's the prepping of the distortion of history. That's what you're saying. And I, I it, it, of course it bothers me, right? I mean, it goes without saying. Bothers, it should enrage you. It enrages me. It enrages me. me. But, but now the, the point of this podcast is really to explore why is it so? How can it be so? How is it happening so easily? Right? I, you would never be able to get away with this, uh, this distortion uh, 50 years ago. Couldn't. I, and the question is, why? Why is it so easy for them to get away with it now than it was 50 years ago? Now, and before you say, oh, we, you know, there's social media. It's a very different thing. There's a proliferation of, of all sorts of news outlets and uh, community uh, boards and, and gossip mills and such like that. Uh, no, that's not the reason why. Give it another go. Because yeah, on the contrary, what, we, what you would expect is greater truth in the same way that you would expect greater uh, academic uh, studies and everything else by the proliferation of, of universities and proliferation of academic uh, uh, minds out there working on the same project, uh, you would expect that there would be greater sense of accuracy in history by the proliferation of people speaking about it, right? They, yeah. They'd be constantly correcting, self-correcting, and so forth. Right. But, and I don't mean to sound flip, but this just reinforces your entire thesis of your books, okay? The answer is basically, as, as Church Lady from Saturday Night Live would say, Satan. <laughs> because as people have left the institutions where they read the Bible and were taught the great stories of Scripture and knew and shared a, a cultural touchstone of truth that would then resonate out into other cultural touchstones of truth, they've lost that basis of understanding. And then because they've lost the basis of understanding of basic truths, they then believe anything. It's like, it, was that the Dostoevsky saying, or one of those, you know, uh, people who uh, don't believe in God will believe in anything. Who said that one? Was that, that was J. J. G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton, yeah. okay. Yeah. Or, or without God, there is no law. You know, right, I think right. that's the Dostoevsky. Right. You know, you yeah, know, it's exactly right. so many of those at us over the last, you know, few years that, you know, I, I conflate them. You're the real expert on that. But the point is, they all point to the same thing. When you've lost going to church on Sundays, all this terrible stuff, if you will, the work of Satan, really happens. Yeah, I, I, I think that is exactly right. And that is exactly where I was going. The... Look, there, there are correlations uh, in, in the world, right, and in history. And you could say, well, you know, um, you could, uh, for example, you can correlate the, the advent of rock and roll um, with the protest movement of the 60s and the 70s. And you could say, well, therefore, you know, rock and roll caused the 60s and the 70s, uh, you know, revolutions or the, the counterculture movement. no. No, no. Rock and roll was more a reflection of it than it was the cause of it, right? So um, you might as well say also, oh, it happened to be that color TV was, was a, began around the time of the Summer of Love. Therefore, color TV caused People the Summer of Love. Acid, right? <laughs> right. Now, so, so, I mean, obviously that, that would be ridiculous, but there is a correlation. Now, sometimes, however, sometimes, there are correlations that you want to not just automatically dismiss, okay? So one correlation, one such correlation is that there is a greater movement away from God over the past few decades, and it's been very rapid, okay? So in the, even from the year 2000 to the present, 
20 plus years ago, um, there's been a, a remarkable decrease in church attendance uh, and, and people's general sense of belonging to a faith. Um, somewhere in there, I, I have it in my book somewhere, but it's somewhere between 10 and, and 15% or so drop. That's a big, big drop. Especially over such a short period of time in which the, the time you started the sample is very similar to in, in modern era to now. There aren't a lot of innovative differences. I mean, internet, internet. Sure, some of our devices are mobile now, but the free flow of information of 2000, 2001 was very similar to today. Yeah, you know, so it's, like, it's, like what you, it's what you have, um, and is, that's a good point. The technology itself is not that much different than what it was in 2000 from a communications point of view. And, and so it's not really the communication. It's not the, uh, the way we communicate any more than, than the color TV communicated news that was different uh, in, the, in the late 60s or the 70s. So, no, what... what What's going on here is that there is a correlation, yes, and then the question is whether there's a causation. I think that there is a very strong causation. Okay? There has to be a causation. Now, whether that's because of godlessness, okay, that's what we're here to talk about today. But one thing I'm very comfortable with is that people who love God, they love history. They love science. They love children. They love justice. They love truth. They love distinctions between men and women. They love the notion of right and wrong. They love the distinction between good and evil. Now, and there are many other things that, you know, I just didn't come top of mind that I just mentioned, uh, Ari. So I, I think that these things are not of interest to the atheist. To those who, for, I will even say not even just the atheists, but those for whom, you know, God, the notion of God is, is just irrelevant, okay? They don't maybe even think of themselves as atheists. They, they're not hardcore atheists. They're just people just, they're as interested in, in God as you and I are interested in um, elephants, okay, and the study of elephants. Yeah, I, I, I'm not interested in, in elephants, right? So, so let me just finish with this thought, and then I want to hear um, the, the point is that there is no um, interest in, among these people in the notion of God. They, they're not against it necessarily, but it just does not inform their lives whatsoever. Okay? Just nothing. They don't need it. They can't see this God uh, of which you speak, and it's a waste of time. After all, there's football on Sunday and everything else to, that can be done on, on, uh, during the weekends. They're not about to waste their time preaching or praying uh, about this, this God guy, okay? They're, not, they're just not interested. And, and many other people seem to be surviving just fine with, without him, so therefore it's, it's not a part of their lives. So you're with me so far. But those things I just rattled off, right? Truth and justice and the distinction between men and women, love of America, um, all these things are, are of no consequence to those who do not treasure God for whom God is not a factor in their lives. And history is one of them. I, I'm, I put it to you, Ari, that such a speech by Joe Biden that white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat and so on like that, it's just claptrap and so easily uh, disprovable, if that's a word, uh, would not have been able to be uttered 
40 years ago. Not even by Bill Clinton. Oh, I, I don't think. Not even six months ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's it's a shockingly, you know, you it, it's so brilliant that you compare and contrasted it with the Kamala uh, uh, Harris uh, soundbite uh -huh. because both demonstrate such a flippant attitude towards, well, basically everybody. Um, very rarely in politics does a pol politician survive only catering to the narrowest part of their own base without any... A, a reach out whatsoever, you know, uh, what do they call it, throwing a carrot to the other side. And and the amount of just sinister flippantness towards anyone who may disagree in the slightest is quite shocking. Yeah. As, simply, as simply the execution of politics, let yeah. alone as, as, you know, that this person who's saying this actually believes that. Yeah. I think that they actually do believe it, and they also believe that you'll believe it, right? That's, that's, it takes two, in, in a way. Uh, and they seriously think that if they put out a certain talking point, then not only will the media believe it and push it forward, but they actually believe that you will believe it. Okay, and that's, and that's where they have some... That, that's where all their power concentrates. They, they are able to do that. But you can't do that, my friends, without, without your most important ally... And that ally for them is the absence of God. God, first of all, is always watching, right? So he knows what you're doing, all the games that you're trying to play and, and all the lies that you're trying to push. Uh, so you, you can't, you wouldn't do that just for that reason alone. But for the second reason is that they feel that without God, you can, you can distort history. History is your playground, right? It's your plastic. It's malleable like yes. clay. Yeah. That's right. He, he, that's a good way. It's a good analogy. Uh, it's clay. Make it into whatever form you like and treat it. You can make it a beautiful, beautiful uh, woman, a beautiful uh, anything. Um, or you can make it a hideous monster. And they decided to take this clay of America, and for that matter, the clay of Christianity and, uh, and God, generally speaking, and make it a monster. I, this is the way we'll portray it. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating, and, right? And... and, and overlay that, what you just said, on how they treated Israel the last few weeks, right? Israel, the country that's a victim of an attack, is now the hostile aggressor to a peaceful and virtuous people yes. who have so little. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, that's the, uh, the your, your face uh, hurt my fist argument. Um, the bully is is the victim somehow, and the victim is the bully. It's a, but that that has not changed. I mean, men are women today, and women are men, and therefore, uh, you know, a victim can be a bully. Everything is is distorted in from the distinction standpoint. Look, I'm saying that godlessness. This two two facts are happening. Godlessness is on the rise in a dramatic way. Okay. Dramatic, dramatic, dramatic way. And other things are also on the rise, such as, uh, let's say, STDs, right? A, a, a massive spike. Uh, spike is not even the right word. I, I, and I wish I could uh, I, I come pandemic? up with it. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, the spike is not the right word. And somebody else said this, so I want to give credit. And I, but it was, I'll say this. This is not coming from me. So I forget who said it. He said, calling this dramatic increase in STDs, a spike is like calling a hurricane a drizzle, okay? Yes, it's raining outside, <laughs> but 
Uh, it's a, you know, it's not a hurricane. It's just a, a, a drizzle. Of course, it's, it's a massive, it's a hurricane, this enormous explosion of STDs. Okay, now we also have something else going on at the same time, which is craziness, right? I mean, all these things that we're seeing, the rise in the uh, in transgenderism, the, the anti-Israelism going on, the spike in uh, anti-Semitism attacks, uh, even anti-Asian attacks. The way white people are being called racist simply for the racist reason of being white. Right. Right, that, that's a good example too. That math is considered uh, racist, white privilege, and all that. That America was founded upon uh, slavery. All the things that you're hearing, all of them. Um, there's a correlation. There's definitely a correlation. The question is, is there a causation? And I'm putting to you that that, that correlation is indeed a causation. The rejection of God is leading to all of these crazy factors that we're seeing. And the way to test that, whether I'm right, is simply to, to do the thought experiment of if God were truly in the center of our lives, the way it used to be, let's say, as recently as the 1980s. I don't even, you don't have to go back to the 1950s, I'm 1980s. Yeah, modern era. Modern era, yeah. Apples, modern era. Many of us were alive and quite aware at that time. If you just did that, would we be seeing the madness that's going on today? And Ari is shaking his head aggressively, and I, I agree with him. The answer is no, of course not. Of course not. We would be laughing at this idea that a man can be a woman just because he feels like it. We would be uh, saying it's absurd to say that two plus two might equal five, yeah, you know, depending on how you feel it. We uh, we'd be absurd that Israel is an aggressor. Right. We would absurd. Say, absurd. So, um, and that, that we need to check our white privilege. All the, all the things that we're, we're hearing, there's just no way that that could happen. And nobody could get away with the claptrap that we just heard from Kamala Harris and from Joe Biden. You would never have heard that. Okay, I see. But because, because of that, I want, to, I want to get to your point. But because we have rejected God as a whole. And I'm not even a Bible thumper. You know that I'm not a Bible thumper. I, I, I mean, I envy the Bible thumpers. You're, they, you're, they know their stuff. Yeah, you're uh, making me one. <laughs> that's true. I've made a lot of Bible thumpers. They, they assume that, I, that I, I'm much more knowledgeable about the Bible than I am. No, uh, I, we can talk about that moment. But let's, let's talk, at, you know, what, what your point well, is. The one thing I was going to say is another unthinkable thing of the 80s. Uh, this is almost too easy. Joe Biden getting elected nationally to anything. Oh, yeah. Right? That's true. Biden in the 80s was a laughingstock. He was the guy who was committing um, uh, plagiarism over and over again. Yeah. You know, he ran for, for president in 88 and was laughed out of the Democrat Party. Yeah. I mean, it was... Yeah, well, that, 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 that relates to... I mean, the notion that he somehow is respectable in his uh, early 80s or very late 70s, and that somehow he's brighter then than he was back in, when he ran, uh, I guess he was in his 40s in the uh, 1980s. Right. That, that is, is laughable, yeah. too. Another thing that we would never have accepted back in the 80s is the notion of no ID voting, right? Um, I mean, I, I, as I'm saying it, I, I'm wondering what myself back in the year 1985, let's say, would have thought about this notion that you could vote without ever having to identify yourself one way or the other or have that checked. Um, I, I would think, I mean, everyone, whether you're a liberal or a conservative, would say, well, that, that goes without saying, you know. I mean, 
checking ID was as obvious as and as accepted universally as the notion of voting itself. Right, because back in those days, neither party wanted anyone to cheat. Right. The, the Democrats wanted the Republicans to show ID. The, you know, the Republicans wanted the Democrats to right. show ID. They, ha they had this notion that you competed on ideas, right, where you can say, well, look, and the ideas could be crazy, and that's that's for sure. You know, free stuff for all. That's that was an idea. Yeah, and, and, taxes. And we would we would respond to it by saying, well, no, free stuff for all is not really free stuff, and we'll explain why. And and you have debates and everything else, and then people would 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 vote. And then the question would be, uh, how many people could you fool, right? Yeah. Uh, especially among the Democrats, right. they, they, that, they would they would do that. Uh, would they and they would say, well, we've we've managed to fool this number of people, and now we got our man Jimmy Carter, our man Bill Clinton, our man uh, Obama, our man now Joe Biden into the White House. But that they were losing on, on they were losing on the idea game, so they moved forward with something else. But I don't want to drill down on well, that. Well, I just wanted to make really the, the last you know, classic '80s example. Walter Mondale running against Ronald Reagan promised, if elected, get ra to raise taxes. Yeah. Got nuked in 49 states. <laughs> I mean, that, that shows you that the population who was voting was thinking pretty clearly about stuff. Yeah. Why? Because they probably were sharing a lot of cultural information over here in these institutions called the, the church, the synagogue, you know, yeah, the religious square. Exactly. Well, that's a really great way to wrap up because that is exactly where we're going. We're seeing the, the unraveling of not just our politics, uh, but also of our society, civilizational, foundational aspects that you would never have expected back in the 80s, the 90s, uh, or, or, or even in the, the first decade of the 2000s. Um, and we're, we're stuck here. We're stuck. And it's, the correlation is more clear than ever. And, and it's risen to the level of causation. Our lack of God uh, has now, uh, you know, compelled us or thrust us into this position where the absurd is now taking over. And absurd statements like what you heard from Kamala Harris, that somehow immigration is, is now, I mean, the illegal immigration crossing the border is the product of climate change, or that the greatest threat we face in America today is from white supremacy. So... Th that, that is the reason why you're hearing this, and it's the erasing of history that we spoke about in the very beginning of this podcast. It's the prepping for the erasing of history, because history doesn't matter to the godless. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Barack Lurie, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>